Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another Sacred Cow Barbecue, everybody. Grab a plate. Hope you're hungry for some truth. I know our guests today are going to help us expand our, our thinking on many subjects, and they are just a, a wealth of information and a real paradigm shift from a lot of things, and that's what we do here. We free our minds from the mainstream BS. That's what our job is here at Sacred Cow Barbecue. So it's my pleasure to welcome Arthur Christian all the way from Australia, and his Love for Life Facebook page has been enlightening to me. But where I first met you, Arthur, was on Eric Dubé's site. You're a flat earther as well. Welcome to Sacred Cow Barbecue. Hi, Patricia, and hi to all your listeners. Yes, it's uh, that's a subject that's been with us uh, since 2006. I've been aware of it since the mid-90s, uh, more so about the, um, that the Earth was going around, that the Earth was not going around the sun. But um, we post a lot of that up, and it, um, it sort of evolved from that over the years. I'm still not 100% sure where the earth is completely flat. Um, but, um, you know, hey, until I think until we resolve all the other BS in our lives and we're free to contemplate and, and use our consciousness to expand past all that BS that's shut us down, we can probably um, get a good idea exactly what the shape of earth is and how it all is. You know, if anything, it's probably a mushroom to us. We think it's more like a, you, know, you look at a nuclear bomb that goes off, that atomic shape. It's more likely that uh, it's something like that expansion of consciousness like that um, and, uh, and that it's surrounded by the, the ice and, and, uh, and the whole celestial bodies are in that mushroom. It, um, that's the way we're still seeing it. It's something that's expanding out of man's consciousness because it is our consciousness that, that we are that's creating it all. Well, that's, uh, that's fascinating and, uh, and I guess we're, we're not going to know until we know. So. Exactly, and yeah. we have a long way to go to uh, work through a lot of that uh, deep, deep, deep storytelling that's put us to sleep. And, right, uh, someone, someone put a great quote on my Facebook page today, and I think it was uh, perfect timing, a little synchronicity here. I want to share it with you and, and, and let you comment on, on it, all right? It says, what the system fears most, the real self is dangerous, dangerous to the established church, dangerous to the established state, dangerous to the crowd, dangerous to tradition, because once a man knows his real self, he becomes an individual. Yeah, um, different terminology for this man, but yeah, I, I get the sentiments and very true, very, very true. It is remembering who we really are. And in that, uh, we can navigate our way out of this because we're all, we're all damaged. We're all, anyone in the system raised by the system is damaged. And, um, you know, there's none of this, um, you know, I'm better than you, you're better than me, that they're better than us, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's really, it's going to be a team effort working together as brothers, sisters, because uh, um, you know, we see life as a team effort and pulling out of that in that way. So, yeah, it's true. It's uh, I, To us, the, the greatest threat to the to the system and the powers that be behind the system, that Freemasonic world, is, um, is us remembering who we really are 
and withdrawing from the system because the the system is where because we're under a um, a covert system. It's not overt anymore. It used to be overt long ago, but it's covert. And um, the, their greatest threat is man returning to to tribes. How things used to be before they invaded because uh, the, the, they came as missionaries, scientists, botanists, surveyors once and surveyed the tribes and. Well, the tribes welcomed. They lived amongst the tribes, and when they finished documenting everything in their recorded his story, her story, they then sent their warships and armies in and decimated the tribes. And it's it's prior that it's we can't find we can't find who we are, who remember who we really are during the time of our fallen state through all our ancestors who fell into under the occupation of these people and all their education they brought with them. It's we've got to go back before that to get the remedy, and it's in that remedy uh, pre-fallen state. That's their greatest threat, and that's getting man to return to the land, learning to take responsibility for our lives, learning to not need them for anything. Uh, we don't need to go to their shops, use their electricity, don't use their gas. We don't need to use their services anymore. And in large communities, uh, do not harm type communities, that we um, that we uh, restore man, restore our children, because the greatest threat to all of us is education itself, Patricia. It's the it's their uh, it's the worst thing they've ever done to all of us is education. Okay, Arthur, we're we're hearing that. I, I I knew I knew you were a point and shoot here, but let's back up for a minute and start at the beginning of your story. I know you used to be a businessman, online entrepreneur, things like that. What the heck happened? Can you talk about we any were, of that? Office, we would um, you know just uh, this man had a you could say an exuberant ego, uh, and. Um, very good at talking about anything and um and talked myself into wanting to make money to uh so that I could fund music and get into music projects and and fund a studio and all that sort of stuff and that was back in the mid eighties and I got into office automation um selling selling and servicing uh fax machines photocopiers laser printers computers networks and it grew from there and went up and down like a yo yo nearly went bankrupt a couple of times along the way and and um and never got back really into the music industry until finally. Um, when I met Fiona in 1996, we got together and she got involved in the business. And from 1997, we sort of knuckled right down pretty hard. And we built up equity and um, got a beach house that we had on the water. And um, and we, we started to create a family. And, uh, and then the tax fraud started and then the bank fraud started. And it led to um, the beginning of Love for Life and everything we worked for. Was all a total of about one and a half million dollars uh, got stolen from us by people who switched contracts inside Macquarie Bank, and um, when we, we we researched into these kind of frauds, we discovered that this this has happened many many times before to other people, far worse than even our situation, and uh, we got to see that um, these cases that these people have were unlosable cases. The evidence of the fraud was so clear that they all lost, so we could see that we we're going to lose this. Too, unless we did something radical, so we we dropped our lawyers, dropped everyone, and we um, went outside the square and started to follow our gut instincts and intuition. And it was there that Love for Life started. And Love for Life was primarily a, a, a vehicle to reach out to people to firstly to learn how do we beat these people in their courts because we knew nothing about it. Oh, by the way, Fiona's just arriving, she's sitting here now. Good morning, hey Fiona, welcome. Thank uh, you. No, I'm not morning. Okay, okay all, all, all the kids are fluffed and buffed and everybody's happy, yep. right? That's yeah. right. Well, yeah, still- you know, and, and, and if something changes and you got to run off, you know, feel free. This is on. Uh, come, come as you can. 
No worries. They're all, right, thank you. They're all out of here now. They're all gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're all gone to brainwashing. Yeah. Uh, another subject. But the um the long the, the long cut story was that in researching and coming across all these unlosable cases or losing a fraud, because they, they they make up these contracts and made it as if we were party to these contracts and and even though we knew about money creation even back then, we knew we just didn't know how it affects us in our private lives, you know, until you actually you're actually the victim itself and you yeah. you go through that, you the trauma and the shock and the horror of everything you're working for being taken from you. So Love for Life started from that calling out. So it was through it started with emails and networking with amazing people who've been fighting the system for many, many years prior, even we kept us coming along. And um, some of them that we knew since the mid-90s. But um, then we started the website in December 2006. The the banks uh, went down and changed the um, the locks on the family home in uh, uh, sometime, I can't remember now, it was early 2007. And we went back down with some supporters and we changed, we re reclaimed the property and took the locks uh, took the locks off and put our own uh, sort of locks back in. And, and that sort of dragged on and dragged on and until eventually... We had to vacate the property because we didn't have any community immunity. There was not enough support to, because we we were sort of we called it like a, um, I don't know what you want to call it. Sort of like we're sort of like we're not armed to the teeth. We didn't have any guns or weapons, but we wanted to arm up the place with a lot of people to resist uh, any of them stealing the home. But anyway, it went from that to to this consciousness awakening that um, came through discussion and and influences that. For this man, particularly since the early 70s, when I was exposed to the Theosophical Society as a 14, 15-year-old kid and and getting hundreds and hundreds of books and going from one thing, leaving it, going to another and leaving it and get moving on, moving on, moving on. And Fiona, when she came to her life, she started getting exposed to stuff because we were connected to uh, the Australian Legal Rights here in Australia, which is sort of a slightly Christian-based political group. Not that we are Christians, but um, they had this well, bookshop. your name is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without the H. But the um, just to wind this up, this early stage was that we started reading a lot of books in the mid-90s about Judaism, the Judaic, Judaism uh, history and um, um, people behind the First World War, Second World War and you know, Napoleon and the revolutions and it's sort of money creation and uh, we, we just came across such a vast library of information, many books that are, you just don't find in mainstream. And no, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine has one of those libraries of four or 5,000 volumes and, and they're almost banned now. They, you can't, they, some of them used to be available in public libraries, but they've since been taken out by you know, the controllers that don't want that information out in the, in the public. It is starting to, you'll notice, a lot of the most insightful stuff starting to break through in the mainstream. It's become kind of mainstream popular. For us, for, for, for us, we dropped all these books about seven years ago. We, we, we realized they were part of the problem and that um, we, we let it all go. And, we did, and, in fact, we got the most rare of the stuff we got in crates put away, but we don't use it to refer to anything because once we realized what the agenda was and how it worked and how they did it to go to, to shut us down, we got, you know, we got to see that there was another complete different approach to, to um, addressing this problem. So, in us reaching out to try to save the family home, it turned out it, it, to become us reaching out to wake up brothers and sisters because we saw that community immunity was critical and that we didn't have community immunity, and that's what shocked us the most. That that um, that people kept saying to us, "Should be right, mate. No worries, mate." With all the other Australian slangs. 
you, it'll all be looked after. You'll be sorted out. But we, we saw us as being lambs to the slaughter, that we were easy pickings and that there was no community immunity and, and everyone kept defaulting to the system and laying the system to fix it. Yeah, I think that's certainly something that most people who get in that sort of situation come up against. It is that trauma of suddenly realising that there's nowhere to go. There's no one who can actually really help you because lawyers are there to, you know, resolve a matter and make the matter sort of deal with it within their law and get it dealt with. They, they're not there to, they don't stand up for you and champion your cause, you know, like as they show in the movies. I'm sure occasionally some do, but the majority. <laughs> really? It, it, do, do, you don't think lawyers are helping you? Oh no. my gosh. <laughs> Of course we well, it's interesting because I've just been going to court a bit lately and, and watching the lawyers and, you know, it is, it's business as usual, case after case after case, business as usual. Of course they're not involved. Of course they can't be fully empathetic in every case and fighting the cause for every every injustice that comes along because that's not what they do. They do bread and butter work day in, day out, on little, mostly on little cases that are just little squabbles that have ended up in court. It's not like we see in, you know, the movies where the lawyer's whole life becomes, you know, this case and, you know, and, and so when you, you know, you get in this sort of situation where everything's about to disappear that you think you own and, and there really is no one there because the lawyers, if you can afford them, just say, oh, well, you know, look, best to do this, this and this, i.e. just sort the situation out and resolve it. They're not there standing up, hey, yeah, you, that's, you've been done wrong there. Let's let's get in there and see what we can do. And they don't go outside the box, as Arthur was saying. We realised within their law there was sort of no avenues for us, it could, right. even though we it was clearly the bank were in the wrong because they hadn't given us the contract they agreed to. There was no recourse for us to turn to to get help with that and I think that's what the trauma that Arthur talked about when there is no one and everyone around you although they mean well they're busy they're totally caught up in their lives keeping their family alive keeping their roof up over their head they can't go okay yes I'm going to down tools and go and help these people for two three weeks otherwise their family's left stranded so that's where it really is that well, that's a, that's a, that's a, one of the cruxes of our the dilemma that we find ourselves in that exactly. we're making bricks without straw, you know, it takes all of our time to keep a roof over your head, to keep things going, to keep your children, you know. And so people don't have time for that community. But Fiona, let me ask you this. When, when this was going on, and here you're a woman, you had, you had young, how old were your children at the time? Well, when all this was going on, actually, most of the court case, I was pregnant with our youngest child. And they took the house when she was six days old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh the disruption for a mother to go through well, that well luckily we weren't living in that house at the time so the disruption was minimal in that way for the children in that we had we had um we were living in another rented property in fact the one we're living in right now so the they bunker. didn't have to they didn't have to suddenly oh quick kids we've got to move and so in that way for them it was There's you know luckily there wasn't that sort of um, disruption in that yeah. sense we did really um, well like which that. was lucky so you know, we were able to shelter them from most of that thing. Obviously, they didn't have a, a nice house to go and stay in anymore. But, you know, it wasn't sort of totally traumatic for them. And we, we tried to make sure we kept it that way. Wow, good yes. for you. And in fact, I think, oh, yeah, when I was going to court all the time, getting fatter and fatter, I think the lawyers were a little bit, oh, my, the, for the other side was sort of a little bit like, oh, my goodness, this woman's pregnant. And we're... <laughs> when, when we when, when we realised what the system was, because we got to see that the system was trauma based and everything of the system was reaction to trauma. And the reaction to trauma is all storytelling. 
which we'll get into. It would like to explain this storytelling because yeah, but you're gonna, system- you're gonna, you're gonna, but Arthur, yep, you're gonna have to step away from the coffee. I want you to put that aside, okay? <laughs> and then you're gonna have to pretend we're in. I'd say first grade, but first graders could get this. Pretend we've had four years of indoctrination so far and start us like we're fourth graders and we've never heard this before. Start us from the beginning of how you came to your awareness, okay? We get, well, we've got, dumb, dumb it down for us. Most of us are Americans here, so dumb it down for us. Uh, you, <laughs> you shouldn't do yourselves down. Well, let's see, the thing is that, the thing is that ABC123, um, which is what they taught us to spell, we had to spell to put us under their spell. Now, ABC123, for example, you won't find those ideas in nature anywhere. There's no bird to teach you. There's not in the wind. It's not in the trees. There's, uh, if innocent children, for example, were raised by nature, they won't learn about ABC123 or anything that comes out of ABC123. Um, it, it requires education, which means it needs someone who's already got it to explain it to the innocent children about ABC123 and the meanings of ABC123 because from that forms the world that is the system that we live in. Now, um, in, in nature, when we're raised by nature, it's direct experience. It's using our senses, touch, taste, feel, smell, hear, see. We can sense uniquely uh, the, the bird, the, the, the insects, the, the, the bark on the tree and the life, the relationship of the tree to the soil. And we can see this wonderful relationship in a whole wholeness, W-H-O-L-E-N-E-W-S, because life is whole. And so we form our unique dreams. As children raised by nature, we form unique dreams that are uniquely created by us because no one else is getting in our heads explaining anything to us about that. In the system, they say, oh, that over there is a daffodil and it's yellow and give you a scientific explanation. Now, that plant that we call the daffodil never told us it was a daffodil or yellow and gave us the scientific explanation. It was another man who put, or man or woman, put that in our heads. Now, that's the difference between first party and third party. In third party, it's another man acting as if they are the representative of the plant and being the expert telling us the storytelling about that plant and its purpose in the dream of life and or the child having the direct experience with the plant and the sensations of that interrelationship forming the unique dreaming of the child and thoughts with that relationship with the, with the plant because that, that sensations coming from the plant is what forms its, the, the world of the child, the, the living life of the child. So we've been hijacked by others explaining and instructing and educating and suggesting to us what we are part of, who we are, what our name is, um, what our, our, uh, what life is all about, where we're heading, what earth and what creation all is. And all this is under education, explanation, instruction, suggestion. And we use the analogy of Adam, Eve, apple and snake. Adam is man, Eve is man, the apple, uh, sorry, the, the snake is man and the apple is the forbidden fruit of the forbidden tree of knowledge. Now the forbidden fruit is suggestion explanation, instruction, education. It's when the snake, as man, puts a suggestion to Eve's head, explaining to her about something which has not been uniquely created by Eve as man. And Eve, becoming tempted by that suggestion and liking it and thinking about it, started falling into more and more of the suggestions coming from the snake. 
So Eve started to fall from paradise, fall from direct experience with nature, where Eve's senses, touch, taste, feel, smell, see, is no longer forming the unique life of Eve. Eve is now being formed by the storytelling of the snake. And so she is now being told about the daffodil is yellow and what life is and all that sort of stuff. This is just an analogy. So well, our of course, children, of course the, the, the Eden story is most likely allegorical. That's taken from you know three or four different parts and things. I, I have a different outlook on that, but this is, this is fascinating. Keep going. I, I love hearing this. Thing, because the thing is that the thoughts we are thinking are not uniquely created by us. We raised by the system. We don't have original thoughts. None of us do. It's very, it's very hard to find original thoughts. In, exactly, in, 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 and, yet, and yet we're all supposed to be unique and original, one the same as the next. So the whole of creation is unique and original. Not, not, not one grain of sand is the same as the next. You can't find two grains of sand. Oh, did you get cut off? Oh, no, we've lost them. Let me go back, see if we can get them back. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll keep trying here. Let me uh, dial him back in again. Uh, Hello? Oh, 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 I hung up from you. Hold on. We're getting uh, Arthur and Fiona Christian back on the line here. Got a little technical difficulty. Arthur Hello. and Fiona, you're back with us. Good. Okay, yep, we had a little technical back. difficulty there. Okay. Next time I'll be a little more patient and let it go because right when I was hitting the hang up to reconnect you again is when I heard your voice. So I'll be more patient the next time. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what where we're up to because I was explaining about uh, uniqueness, original thought, unique uniqueness and original originality, stuff. original thought, and talking about how every grain of sand is unique and original. Did you hear that? Did yes, yep, up? yep, we, we, we heard that. That's, that's where we cut off. Every grain of sand is original. Because so what we're saying, every man is supposed to be unique and original too. Now, the way we look at it, because obviously we're shortcutting many areas here, is that if you can comprehend or imagine the dream of life is like a bubble, we're just using a lineal analogy because the dream of life is non-lineal, but we use a lineal analogy to try and make sense of this. What, well, okay, well, okay. What, what what do you mean by that? Come on, be. Lineal means it has a beginning and an end. It's That's defined right. by construct, man-made constructs that there's a beginning and an end. There's a start, you know, all that sort of stuff. Where creation, there is no beginning. You're See, born, you die, blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to talk. We're just going to talk about this. We're born, we die. Right. Yeah. It's the old what came first, the chicken and or the egg, you know, and you can never answer that question, which shows you the not that life is really non-lineal. It's just that we're so trained to think in lineal sense that we actually find it incredibly hard to comprehend something non-lineal. Right. I mean, even though we talk about it, I still, you know, part of my head goes, What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How can it not have a beginning and end? How can it? But that's just the training that we've had. But you know, there is no end or beginning to life because life begets life. And so there's always got to be life for there yeah. to be life. There's no, it yeah. can't happen that it suddenly started. There was no life and then there was life. That, that's so, so, so you go, so we're going to, uh, that we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. Is that kind of what we're alluding no, to? No, it goes further than even that. We're not even, look, the thing is that the explanation of spirituality itself is fraud and fake. Um, you see, the thing is that, that when we remember who we are, we are the trees, we are the birds, we are the wind, we are the rain, we are the whole of creation because we are the one in the experience of that because see, there's no other experience bar man. See, man is the only first party to the experience of the dream of life. There isn't anyone else. It never has been and never will be. You see, people, see, all thoughts of the past and the future needs us to exist here and now to think and feel them. But the thing is that we're the only one present with the presence of life to the dream of life to experience it. Every experience needs man 
party to that. We're the only first party to the experience. No one can bring forth anything else apart from man in explaining anything about the experience, the dream of life, because we're the only ones here. There isn't anyone else. No one can bring forth another first party. So here comes God. He's got the first party. Let's experience God apart from man. You won't find it. It's a construct. You see, it's, it's the same with the daffodil is yellow. The plant can't come forward and say, yeah, I'm the daffodil is yellow, da-da-da. You need another man who comes forward re- acting as a third-party representative of that plant to say, yes, look, I'm the representative. Yes, I'm saying that that is a daffodil and it's yellow, da-da-da. Now, that's fraud because the man is acting as an imposter of that plant, claiming that, claim that he, she is the authority, the author of that storytelling of that plant. And that's what they call his story, her story, which is rooted in history because the whole education is is a history of his story, her story, of people storytelling us about everything that we're part of. And so the direct experience of the dream of life is man. Okay. Me- Are you, you keep using the, the expression dream of life. Do you, want to, do you want to explain that a little bit further, why you use that phrase maybe, Fiona? Um, well, I guess it comes from the idea that, that what I said before, that something cannot come out of nothing there had to in spite of we say it's non-lineal some somewhere along the line this had to be like like we're in in our lives when we want to make something happen we have a dream of what we want to make happen in our lives and if we keep dreaming that dream and focusing on that dream and then we start realizing the steps we can take towards that dream and then we using our energy our life force energy we we create that dream, whether it's a happy relationship or whether it's, a, you know, in the system, whether it's a home we want or something like that. And it's we've dreamt that that cannot happen unless we've got that. We've made that decision. Well, it's put an that dreaming. Yeah, it's oh, an that intent. Intent. I, I, I believe in intention. Absolutely. We, we know we, we create the reality. Intent. Right. Yeah. And, and and that intent has a purpose. And so it's connecting. So when we allow children to be brought up by nature and not brought up by another man, this is where it's this is where it's critical because when a child connects with nature, the child connects with the creator of the dream of life. Now the creator is not something apart from us, because to us the way we look at it, without you know, I don't know how far we go into this subject here, but um, everything we see of the dream of life that is nature it was created by man, it was created by us, but but we are so fallen now, we don't know who we are anymore, and people have been so trained to believe in a third party god. And a third party saviors and messiahs and, and third party symbolisms of, of constructs of things like that we, that we now talk about galaxies and universes and levels and planes and dimensions and higher beings and higher powers and aliens and shape shifting reptilians and UFOs. But this is all in third party. They are never in first party. They never come forward so you can have a direct experience with them. So say, oh, what is your purpose of the dream of life? See, we know what the bird, the purpose of the bird is, what the wind and the cloud and even the celestial bodies. We can get a sense that everything has a natural purpose. But when it comes to these constructs, these man-made concepts, there is no direct experience that you can find to tell you what their purpose is. See, what is the purpose of UFOs? I mean, what does nature, what if nature needs a UFO to exist so they may exist? Where can we go and visit the ancestors of, of UFOs and aliens and see where they're buried? Where can we go and see their children playing? And it's the same with ABC 123. Where can we go in nature and experience ABC 123? Where, 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 what, what, what is their purpose? And see, all it is, they're just pictures, they're images put into our heads explain to us so young and we form our lives out of this fake fraud 
storytelling that we become disconnected, we, we become hijacked, we're, we're pulled out of paradise, pulled out of the Garden of Eden, um, where we're no longer first party having a direct experience, we're now in third party under the influence of others who are acting in third party, uh, where, where, where we're lost under the image power of other people telling us how to think, how to feel, how to act, what is right, what is wrong, what our purpose is, you know, what life is made up, which is what we discovered in the court cases and what we discovered through the theft of the family home because one of the things that we found very deeply profound was that um, one particular man came into our lives who revealed to us the codes of the English language and he spent 40 years as a layman uncovering the, each individual letter. And every letter has a meaning that's not taught to us in school. We're not taught what the meaning of the letters are. We're just taught about the meanings formed out of these letters into words and the constructs that form sentences and that lead into paragraphs and chapters, which is all his story, her story, which is what you find in the courts. Because when you go to court, it's his story or her story, and the judge is sitting there dealing with his story, her story, and all the, the whole thing, because we are taught about the language. We're taught about money. We're taught about um, uh, commerce and banking and insurance, and we're taught about owning land and owning assets and, and having a name. And, and in fact, to simplify it, the system is a name. And the name is the explanation. And everything that comes out of the system is name too. So, for example, when you go to the supermarket, it is a name. And inside the name, there's aisle upon aisles of names, of names, of names, of names, and all of them need explanation, instruction, education, suggestion. And um, when you step outside the supermarket, it's part of a larger suburb or a mini city, and every road is a name, and every every house on every street is a name. And it, no matter where you turn, including the libraries, it's a name within a name within a name, and it's all explanation, instruction, education, suggestion. All of it is brainwashing or BS. It's all make-believe. None of this is being, we don't get direct experience from the dream of life where we learn this directly. We need someone else explaining it to us about it. It's always in third party. So the law is in third party. The, the government is in third party. The, 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 the police force, the military is in third party. The, the, everything in our relationship in the system is always in third party. It's never in first party. It never will be because it's fake and it's fraud and it's lying. But that's how we fell. We fell into a, for example, it's a, a, you can call it like a Wonderland story. For example, imagine the story of Alice in Wonderland. Now, that story, there's no child can go in nature and learn about Alice in Wonderland. It needs someone already got it where the storytelling's already been explained to, to that man or woman. And we as that children would sit on that man or woman's lap. That could be mum or dad or us to our children because we did this as well when we didn't know what we were doing to our children. And we are reading the ABC spelling and putting our children under the spelling of the storytelling while they're looking at the pictures of Alice in Wonderland. So they're vividly forming the imagination of this character, Alice, and the Matt Hatter's tea party and looking through the looking glass into Wonderland. And now the child, if we repeat the story over and over again because it's enchanting, it's suggestive, it's highly educational, instructional, and one day we can come home and the child has turned the family home into the settings of Wonderland, running around as Alice in the Mad Hatter's Tea Party, and that's all the child sees. And they're in the play of that storytelling. And you've got to try and help the child come back out of that storytelling, get them to return to the real world, return to nature, return to the real dream. 
And that's the that's the courts for you. That's the law. That's the government. That's the Bible. It's all the holy books because it all is storytelling. And we are lost in the storytelling. We're in the history of another man's explanation. We don't have a original dreams or unique thoughts. We don't have anything. And we're acting out those roles that we have in the system that we've learned. And, I mean, the whole thing with this education that shows you how alien it is, is in that it takes people 20 years or more to get fully trained in system thought, system speak, system everything, so that they can go on and have careers in, in the system and work as good system slaves and, you know, and take on all those system ideas. It takes many, many years of their education. And if you contrast this to animals, it's like we have a seven-month-old cat at the moment. I mean, so he's only seven months old and he's already totally fully a cat. You know, he doesn't need anybody to tell him anything. Oh, are you sure he's not a junior cat? He's, he's a junior <laughs> cat. He's a still junior cat, but he doesn't need he doesn't need us to tell him anything. Yeah, and we don't you even know, have to tell him that he's seven months old. But no, do, that, that, that's what make believe. He's got too. no idea, but he's you know he has absolutely no doubt in what he is, who he is, his his purpose. His you know he's got it all mapped out. Well, it's not that's, even a he or a she, isn't no, it? No, really? not really. So but you know, and the well. same. And whereas we take we supposedly superior people because we think in the in um we have these what do they call it oh well these thoughts that they say animals don't have but and yet it takes us years and years and years of education before we can even begin to operate as a useful system slave and the same with you know a dog or any other animal they can meet us and in a couple of sniffs they've got us sussed out they know what yeah. we're like who we are our intentions. They can tell everything from our body language in instance, and yet we might look at a dog and go, oh, look, there's a brown dog. You know, it's like, who are the stupid ones here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so this 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 dumbing down, this um, spelling that we've been exposed to, let me ask you something. How has this changed? Okay, you know, when, when this first started with you, with the whole, all the court nonsense and, and them stealing your, your home from you, you you had you know six day old baby or in other two other children, three three other children, four in total. Yeah, yeah. so we had even children. though it doesn't exist. Okay, four children. So yeah. how has this changed how you raised them? Well, it's been very difficult because um, there's a big discrepancy with between how we see. We should be raising them how we'd like to be raising them and the realities of our situation. Because obviously the ideal is to be in these communities that we talk about, kingdoms, where everyone is, you know, on the same page in terms of we want to try and live with do no harm. We want to restore and help nature heal as much as possible. We want to be, you know, away from all those influences of the system and the reality of the fact that our children still go to school, the fact that even though other parents and families they interact with and come across are well-meaning and good people, they're still going to be exposing them at times to things that, frankly, I'd prefer them not to be exposed to. And just, yeah, that discrepancy of just not having the community around them of people who could see the the damage that all those education all that education all those system things do to a child and the fact of what they're coming into contact with every day so i mean what we do we we've made they know what 
we think and feel about it all and we try and keep them in the loop and, and especially with them when they're taught things at school especially about science and stuff I try and say to them but you, you know that's not necessarily true and that's the one thing I make try and make really clear is what you're being taught at school you don't have to get in commotions and raise your hand and argue about it but just be aware that that's only one viewpoint that your teacher's been taught yeah. that so they're just repeating what they've been taught and there's a whole world of other views out there so don't take it as verbatim wow that's, that's a that is an amazing outlook to be able to give a child that yeah, is did. wonderful, Fiona. I just I'm, I'm very impressed with being able to share that. Have your children in the public school system, yet you're able to um, help them not be sucked into that by that approach. That's a brilliant approach. My hats off to you. We do our best, and in a way, it's our, in, and only time will tell. I certainly think it's not necessarily that easy for them to have us so put the other way to just about everything else they're exposed to right. and especially it's hard for us because we frankly don't have many friends because for most people we are you know a bit odd so they're, they're missing that in their lives more of an extended family my family's overseas Arthur's is not close either so I think in a way it's a lonely road so I think they've got that pull between the attraction of all friends, groups, and us, and as as they grow older, those are very much choices that they're going to have to make. Particularly our eldest daughter, I suspect she will go and do some system things. But at the same time, I have confidence that she has it. She's got a very strong sense of fairness and what's right and wrong. That I feel she'll come back, but she's going to have to work that out herself. You know, as to where she goes and what she does. And but I just feel that we've done the best we can to keep them awake to the what's going on out there and that it's not all what it see as it seems so is, we, so is the homeschooling movement as big in australia as it is in the u.s yeah it's pretty big i think it, it i would love to have done it in some ways but it just wasn't really a, an option in many ways partly because of the support and partly because then i would have had to do that full time um because that to me is a, a very full-time job and yet then we were so busy trying to unravel everything and get do the website that frankly I wouldn't have been able to do both so in a way it's been sort of a having to we don't see that they have a future unless we do something but us trying to do something about it and raise awareness and get all our brothers and sisters going so we can say goodbye to um, this system means that in, I've had to make sacrifices with what I would have liked to do for my children, frankly. Right. So that's, that. you know, that's a lot of why homeschooling didn't have us. We weren't really in an environment. We're in a very suburban environment. And, and I would love to be doing that more on land where they've got lots of horses, interests, animals, you know, the whole thing going on to, to make it more interesting than just in a little suburban sort of house. Right. I just wanted to say that what we've done there's two with this is we 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 consistently deprogram our children by explaining these other views but the most important thing was that we don't want our children to experience the the sense of ostracization of everyone else around them who are different to them we wanted to let them embrace everyone else around them because we realized that the 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 because the system's trauma-based, we don't want them coming from trauma. We want them to come from love and learning to appreciate the differences in everyone else So, and also have the confidence to be able to see things with their own eyes and yet embrace people so they don't have to push people away from them when they can see that they are so different to them and their families. Yeah, so, so it's not like they're, they're raised in a cult and they, um, exactly. you know, it's exactly. like, straight, you know, really strict religious cults and, yeah, and exactly. denominations. Well, that, Don't let anyone uh, fellowship with anyone else. 
because, yeah. you know, I mean, so that that's that's a very, very strong uh, parenting approach right there to love yeah. everyone and just know who they are and be who be who you are. That's so the, the, let me, the other thing that's very important here is the community immunity. You see, what we got to realize that if everyone else around us, uh, if everyone else around us had freedom, had truth, had joy, had abundance, had everything they needed, they would no longer be a threat to us because we'd also have it too. You see, so the problem is if everyone else around us did not have freedom, had truth, joy and abundance and all those things, did not have all those securities, had a piece of land to care for, then we would be in the midst of hell. We would be in chaos. So we, in raising the children, we got to see that we've got to inspire the people to come to kingdom without the G. It's to, to come to community, to come to, to work together as tribes again, where we start caring for each other's real community. So this approach to, to our children in the system we had to let them go to the school system to let them experience the, the world the way it is now, this, this make-believe world. At the same time, they're also experiencing us and leave it to them um, to work it out as they get older because they, they are the ones of the future, you see. So we don't want to sort of scold them and, and brainwash them and traumatize them and scream at them and, and make them wrong and bash them and you know and like they do with the more these more religious fanatics and patriots who – who really pound them. So it's more of a wholeness of, of approach. Look, we're coming out of a deeply compromised situation. We let's not make it any harder. Let's not let's not create any more fires we have to little fires we have to keep putting out before we even address the bigger issues. So we're focusing on the bigger issue of reaching out to brothers and sisters to wake up and realize that the system is the problem, that the people aren't the problem, because most people are good people. They just don't know any better at this stage because they don't realize what's been done to them, what's been done to all of us. And and walk the talk. You know, yeah, and that whole approach is actually vital for kingdoms anyway because, as you said, when you've got the cults that shut themselves off and won't interact with the other communities and the rest of the community, the wider community, and see them as, oh, they're evil or they're bad or they don't do us, that is just creating more division between yes. us all. And exactly. We're very exactly. Clear, yeah, we're very clear in that when we get the first of these kingdoms really gets off the ground, we have to be interacting with the wider community because not only to inspire them and to help them and nurture them, but also so if if the media starts spreading lies about it, that there's drugs or there's this or we're a cult or that, the local people sort of scratch their head and go, oh, but I get my, I get free veggies from them or my child goes and plays with their children at their house. You know, they, they know better because they've had some contact they've had interaction and if they've had positive interaction with us even though we may be living differently from those in the wider community yeah we're not sure about these folks but we like them we're just not sure about it yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah they're a bit nutty because they want to do all this stuff but they're good people and they they don't harm my children when they go there and i get benefits from them yeah. that's that's such a protection so that's to the... have in in your wider community so you don't get the david koresh situations where right. they're locked in and no one knows what's going there so everyone's ready to believe oh they're this they're this, they're this that and the other you need to make sure and that's one of the very strong things we've been with love for life all the way through has been full disclosure we let we don't have secrets we don't have things to hide you know what we're about is out there and if anyone wants to you know sometimes people try and cause dramas by bringing up ah arthur you said this that now and we go yeah well so what that's 
that's the, that's the way of it. Or you did this, that, and the other. It's like, well, yes, and we've got nothing to hide about that. It's like it's all open. Yeah, everything. Really, to, if you, if you take the skeletons out of the closet, there's there's nothing to for, for people to exactly. back you on. But you know, speaking of disclosure, I have to give a little station disclosure here. You're listening to Sacred Cow Barbecue, and we're here on Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, and uh, we're, we're delighted for this airtime. We we really are. We're able to really disseminate a lot of really fascinating and truthful information and I'm sure most of the people listening to this have never heard this perspective before or they've heard part of it but never from from this angle so I'm just really fascinated uh, with our conversation today but please run over to freedomslips.com make a donation there throw you know a little bit of money um, at something over there either the archives or some of the products or just make a donation because that's what keeps up, us up and running here and so um, my guests today are Fiona and Arthur Christian, and they are in Australia, as you can tell, and they've been through a, a, an amazing trauma at the end of the the system with having their home taken away and and, and fraudulently so it wasn't like uh, and and so they've had a lot of a huge awakening here, and they're sharing their awakening. So, how much did the Anastasia series, the Ringing Cedars, impact you folks' thought process here? They validated a lot of the insights that we uh, were working through because when you start using scrutiny like a blowtorch, because this is what we were doing um, when the court case started, um, we kept going where the logic of truth uh, was taking us because when we dropped our lawyers and solicitors, we were no longer relying on anyone telling us how to think and feel about anything. We started following our gut instinct and it was using our intuition, using our perception, using our consciousness that we started to unravel and make sense um, of everything. And so when the anesthesia uh, books came along, it sort of validated a lot of that work because I think anyone who's really waking up comes to it anyway. It's nothing, there's no exclusivity of privilege with truth. I think it's pretty logical stuff as if we can get to use our brains. What anesthesia um, pointed out, the, the, con the, the idea of a hectare of land for each family to care for, and those sort of things was very deeply profound. And the and the relationship to nature and putting seeds under your tongue and all that kind of stuff we found deeply profound. But I also stress the point too that there's a lot of fiction in these books. There's a lot of there's a lot to us, there's a lot of rubbish in the books too. And that, but the thing is that we think that was intentionally done to protect the books, to keep them in circulation, because there were a lot of attempts, I think, if anything, if those if the core of the truth in those books were just what you were reading, and none of that fiction was put in it, that um, I think that the, the, the Freemasonic worlds in Russia, because it controls Russia still today, just as it controls the most, everything of the Western world, would have shut them down and would have really, really removed them out of the way. So I think it was very clever how they allowed the fictions to integrate into the, 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 the jewels, because the, the, book, the books aren't the jewels. It's the jewels in the books. And it's I think those are using their brain, using their senses, using scrutiny, will find them. And, well, you and always you, say your, in, your intuition is only right 100% of the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as what Arthur was saying about this her hectare of land and stuff, that was a real, I think that's what I got hugely from those books, was a real more of a vision of how community could really work because we had this dream that okay we've got to get together we've got to be a community but at the same time not everyone wants to live on top of each other all the time so this thing of each each family has their space of love and each of them can care for that and nurture that 
while having the support of all the other families around. But it doesn't mean we have to all be living in a commune and all on top of each other, which in the end ends up with lots of rules and regulations because you have to to make it work. So that was what was very strong for me. It was just like, yes, this is, you know, this is how how we can do it. And also the thing she talks about, the creation of children and and um, how we bring up our children, that, that was very profound for me and very strong. And um, But on the other hand... Explain that because a lot of people haven't read these books. Oh, just the sacredness of everything and how how it how it should be and how... Well, I mean, nature it's almost, raising the children. Yeah, it's nature no, raising. Well, that's nature, what it is. That's what I, not what I was thinking about, but more how the couple creating their child with that pure and sincere intention for that. Mm. That's their dream and and that is their focus and it's that power of co-creation that draws them together rather than, you know, we all know we're living in a world where sex is just so degraded for most people because it's just, just oh, yeah, do it with anyone anywhere. So many children are born out of just loneliness, lust, drunkenness, drugs, whatever else. Every, every, every other situation than a man and a woman coming together with this true dream for a child that they really desire, yeah. really long for, yeah. and creating that child in the environment where that child is going yeah. to be nurtured and a- given, um, you know, really given what they need to grow and become who they really are rather than, you know, a lot of children, poor things, don't even have a go a chance before they even saw I me, mean, including my own children. I didn't have a clue about all that stuff um, before before we had children, but it, that was so strong. It, for it's, me. It's, it's recalibrating people's minds or their hearts to the to the truth. Uh, Absolutely, the, of the sacredness of living. I, I, I see that. Sure. Yeah, the sacredness of of relationships between us and that we are all sacred and that it's so important that we that this is honored which means we don't need to be out having sex with whoever we meet that night because that just degrades us degrades them and frankly doesn't bring any happiness or joy comparing that with an act of co-creation with someone that you truly love and 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 that you know because you want to produce a child together and carry on that line so that's that's huge and if one other thing on the anastasia stuff one thing we have noticed the danger of it is that there's people out there who've almost made a cult of the anastasia oh, yeah. you know it's like oh, anastasia says this so we must do this you know and that's no different to anything else because they're they're giving up all their uniqueness and originality rather than taking those inspirations and saying okay what do we do now you know, we've had people write to us and go, well, what is your community going to be like? And we always write back and say, well, that depends entirely upon who's there because everyone's unique. And, you know, every kingdom, every community will be different because there's different people there. With And that's why we, we've come down to just it's so simple. It's just do no harm. Life is a gift. We don't need any other rules and regulations. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the law. Do no harm. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, life that's is the only gift. law and life is a gift. You know, we're, gonna, we're coming up on a break here very, very quickly. So why don't we um, why don't we have take an opportunity to define kingdom? Because people probably think we're saying kingdom and we're not mispronouncing it or something. So why don't you explain kingdom for us? Well, kin, kin is just tribe, family, you know, community coming together and not the dumb. We're not dumb, kin, dumb. It's, uh, it's the, the intent behind uh, um get past the bastardization of the English language. It's, um, it's, it's a co-creation of brothers and sisters to create a space of love where we live uh, on a do-no-harm, life-as-a-gift path, working together so that 
that the, the best of everything everyone has without anyone squabbling over the best pieces of land. For example, um, you know, the best vantage spots is for the community to enjoy. Anything that, that has a, that a possible privilege exclusivity for someone or somewhere is never claimed by anyone. That is for everyone to experience and enjoy, and no one can turn that into, a, into their own private domain and, and, and have it as their own particular thing. So the greed and the selfishness, which is derived from the trauma, and the reactions to trauma, exactly, is removed. So, look, this is another thing about this. I know you got to go on ad break. Is that um, in reading the Ring of Cedars books and that sacredness that I think was the most deep and profound thing for both of us, we got to see just why our communities weren't happening because everyone kept talking. About, we've got to create a community. We've got to create a community. We've got to get things going. But we've seen through our years of experience and, and all the stuff that we're, this man particularly has been through all the years, there's at least 3,000 communities we're aware of that all that destroyed themselves. There are, there's, there's hardly any success anywhere across earth, anywhere, where people have been able to pull these things off because they don't know about the trauma and what brings the trauma into these communities and that destroys them. And this is cleverly done by the, the these people and how they taught us to do this. So it's um after the ad break, I would love to talk to you about we would love to talk to you about what it's going to take to get these kingdoms off the ground, how to avoid these pitfalls so that we can actually break away from the system once and for all and never return, never go back to it. Yeah, well, that, sound, that sounds great. And so I, I'd love to talk about this. I'm, I'm conversant in anarchism and volunteerism, and I've had friends that have tried to live in a communal situations. And like you said, there's always a breakdown. It always starts out sounding like a great idea. Yet people have a very difficult time pulling it off, and we've seen the enemy. And, uh, and yep. it's us. It's, a, it's, a, it's our trauma. It's you're, you're exactly right. It's us. We are the problem. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that, that's, it's, it's, that's true. That's so. because, and that's because we were brought up in a shattered reality, and uh, that uh, we were the thing under name. We'll talk about that about, we'll, after the ad break about the system and why we're taught under name because it, it creates individuals. We're not individuals, we're individuals. And, uh, and it's very, very cleverly done. We're broken down and we fight, and we fight for I and me and mine and own. And it's nothing to do about the true consciousness. The and, then we, and then we wonder why the divorce rate is so high. Here we, we, we bring up children to be separate, to be yeah. themselves yeah. and be, be, you know, individuals, as you say. And then we expect them to give all that up and be and be married and be a couple and be I mean, well, kind of like we're, we're not teaching people how to be in a relationship with anyone much, you know, their brothers and sisters or neighbors or, or anything. I mean, it's really kind of ridiculous. They break us down. They break us down from the wholeness. They, they shatter us. And then they provide you the system glue. So now today they call it all as one or oneness consciousness or mm -hmm. God or they use myth and mythologies. But whatever it is, they use some method to bind everyone under the authority of those who are the Freemasons who have the power over all those who are broken down. Because you've got to remember, all the, we all came from tribes who were conquered and decimated and, and, uh, and they've been the power ever since. Here's the music. We'll see you in, in just a few minutes, everybody. Stick with us. Fiona and Arthur Christian. Thank you so much. We'll see you after the break. You know, I'm not hearing you. So welcome back to Sacred Cow Barbecue, everyone, on Revolution Radio. I'm talking about a thought revolution. That's where revolutions really started. That brush fire started in the minds of men and women. And I'm talking with Arthur and Fiona Christian. And they have a website. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you what. Their Facebook page, one of them, is Love for Life. And you can find them on Facebook there. 
And tell them about your other websites and, and whatnot, Arthur. Why don't you well, get us caught up here? Yeah, the, 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 if you go to the homepage of Love for Life, L-O-V-E, 4-F-O-R, Life, L-I-F-E, loveforlife.com.au, and stay on the homepage and just scroll down. The bigger picture of this uh, that we're touching on here is all explained there. And you'll find videos and links to other posts and articles which can exp- help the, the readers and, uh, uh, to, and listeners to expand on, this, on these themes. So obviously because in a short window like this, it's not easy to cover such a, a big picture in a, in a short time. Yeah, well, this is, this is how I trap people like you into coming back over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a plot on, on my part, really. Oh, that's all right. We don't mind being seduced. Good. Because <laughs> so, uh, the, the, the intense... So and the Facebook, yeah, you'll find all the links on there as well. But the the fa- the main Facebook is facebook.com Arthur Kristen. Just take the H out of Kristen. It's C R I S T I N. And then there's also the there's the Kingdom groups. Now, um, if you go to the homepage of the website, you'll find all the Facebook links because um, there is a Love for Life new Kingdom group that started up about six weeks ago. Um, and it's um, that's the primary place where more and more serious people are. Are, um, are discussing um, how to what we got to do and what's going to take to create kingdoms and uh, what's involved and really the the big part of all of this uh, is the mudroom itself, which uh, we can talk about. Um, so otherwise, people can write to us um, to action a c t i o n at loveforlife dot com dot au, and we can send them a whole range of information as well. So either way, there's always a way to to find it. For those who really are seriously interested in integrating wholeness back into our everyday lives and removing the the shadow reality of the trauma out, because it's going to take a lot of responsibility for that to happen because it's no, no one else is going to do it for us. We're the only ones who can fix this. There's no saviors and messiahs. We're going to come along with a magic wand and say, look, guys, I'm just going to solve all this oh, for wait, you. Wait, I, I heard the Galactic Federation is coming. Yep. Oh, well, that's all right. We don't have to do anything then. Yeah, we'll just, just sit back and relax. We'll watch TV. I'm going to watch Day of Our Lives now. So, somebody's calling me from Hawaii, and I don't think I can answer this without shutting off our call, so I'm going to have to talk with them another time. So if they're listening, I can't do that with them without shutting off our call. So I apologize to that caller from Hawaii, and I'll try and call them back. Very good. The, just wanted to, to to try and get in a nutshell here that, that to go back to a few things we touched on and try and lead this into kingdom and, and discussing why kingdom and all that is that um, the, the, we we were as tribes see originally these people I was saying earlier they they came as the Freemasons they came as missionaries scientists botanists surveyors geologists and they came and went for up to two hundred years visiting tribes of man on land all across Earth and at some point. They would have sent their warships and armies in after they documented everything into their recorded his story, her story, because it's not history, it's, it's his story. And what remained of these children or what remained of these tribes were mainly children who were then brainwashed into that version of recorded his story so they would lose connection with their true tongue. And to keep it that power and control, they had to put in place uh, a system to maintain enslavement so all the descendants that come of all the ancestors who were enslaved by them would be kept that way, that the status quo is always intact. And so the system that we are raised up in is that, that maintains the status quo of the of this tiny minority of men and women who claim that they are the exclusive chosen ones 
and they use holy books and, and many other means to maintain that power and control. What we call psyop programming, um, which is that storytelling where they taught us to spell to put us under the spell. Now, at the root of this spelling is child sacrifice. Behind the, the letters of ABC123 is, is rooted in ritual trauma and um, it's borne out by bloodletting and, 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 and Passover, blood Passover, where they take children and, and babies, teenagers and adults, and they torture them. They puncture holes in their bodies, many holes, and bleed them while they're torturing them to death to capture the trauma of their intent in the blood that they create their alphabets out of. And that so that the inventor's intent is encoded in the blood as they use it, the ABCs, to spell others so that people are forced under the spell of that trauma because that's what we take on. This is why people experience the trepidation when they see flashing lights of a police car and they sense this oh, compelling emotion, this emotion. Um, it paralyzes people. So people are raised up in the system compelled to, to comply to authority, comply to uh, the government, comply to the laws of what we call democracy and constitution and, and, um, and everything else that makes up the system of governed men. It's governed men. So we... Okay, um, but, okay but we, we need some rules. I mean, there needs to be, when people come together and, and live together in any kind of a community, there needs to be a groundwork laid, you know, of what's right and what's wrong. And don't you well, think... No, 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 you don't need any because it's already built into us. It was, it was shattered. The, the, natural, the natural way... Is already naturally built into everything. Like all of nature is already built in. Like Fiona was talking about the cat earlier. Mm -hmm. We as man, it's also naturally built in. So, for example, when we're holding a baby in our arms, and the child is looking at us, we're looking at the magnificence of man, the magnificence with everything already built in, perfect. Yes, that, that's and, it's bit, okay. I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute. Yes, that that infant, that the perfection is built in, no doubt about it. But, uh, but, but it still needs to be fed. It still needs to be bathed. I mean, it still needs to be loved. I mean, it it, it can't. Okay, you're here. You're but, perfect. Go about your life. I mean, you, but, you, it's there's still a growth process that needs to take place. Yeah, that but that's growing who they that's are. A, that's the instinctive thing that comes out of that unconditional love that we are, and all that's already there built in. It's like we don't have to jump ten foot across the room to grab our next breath. Everything about what we need is already available to us and is present to us here and now, and we don't have to have any doubt or uncertainty about that. It's already there. We've already and got if, it. And if a baby's born to, to parents who dreamt for it and who love it, then they naturally provide that care until yeah. till the child's old enough not to need that yeah. care. I mean, that's like as we look in any animals, you know, they take care of their babies too, okay. but they don't have this emotional... Uh, stuff attached that we tend to do with our children, yeah, but there still is that natural instinct to care and, and whatever, which is not much to do with the system, really. Yeah, in true, fact, it happens in spite of the system. True, true, true consciousness has got nothing to do with man-made laws and man-made education and all that, because that's another. Because that's just the image power of another man put, putting us under another man. You see, the whole system is all about man underneath another man, and we're never meant to do that. We're not supposed to be putting a man under another man. And uh, when we don't shatter children um, through these rituals of trauma-based um, sacrifice, because it is sacrifice, we're sacrificing um, uh, man. Like you look at the symbol of Jesus on the cross, it's a tortured, sacrificed man 
blood uh, pouring out and crown of thorns on his head, completely broken down man. Now that's no, uh, that's not an act of love. That's the, a, a, a creative, unconditional love would not torture a man just to save us. This is this is this is twisted, terribly twisted. Uh, you know, the, the th whole thing is um, this this thing about we don't need rules or we do need rules. The only reason we need rules in the system is because we've been so damaged. I, we were in fact talking about this just two mornings ago. I was saying that. You know, why do we have problems in school with children bullying each other? Why do children, why are children mean to each other? Why can they turn around and say nasty things about each other? Why do they talk and say nasty things about others behind their back? There's only one reason they do that. It's because they're surrounded by a whole world of adults who do the exact same thing. That's why all these anti-bullying programs and things do not work because it's a typical case of do as I say and not as I do. You know, everyone's always telling children, oh, be nice, darling, be nice, darling. And yet you can bet at home they're hearing their mother bitching about somebody she knows uh, that she wouldn't dream of saying to that person's face, but under behind the back, she's bitch, bitch, bitch. And this is common. This is what they see all the time throughout every area of the system. We have adults bullying each other. Rather. Now, if children were brought up, in communities where everyone was living by do no harm, because that's how they lived. Do you think our children would do anything different? Our children are sponges to what we do, what we say, and how we behave. Right. If I guess. We, I guess my. I guess where I'm, where where I'm coming from is is the transition into this because we got damaged people now, and we talked about the mudroom on the break. Why don't Why don't you talk about the mudroom a little bit? Well, if I could just okay, just carry. Uh, yeah, we can. But just um. Oh, what was I going to say? It's you're right in this transition period. And that's why we found with living with various people and, and, and the infancy that this is in. But as much as we can with what we've got trying to actually live this way, it can get really nitty gritty and itty bitty because we've got to work through all these niggly traumas. But it's about and that's part of the learning. How do we manage to live with each other without having to have rules? That's part of what we need to learn in the mudroom. Arthur, do you want to explain the mudroom quickly? Well, see, the thing, the thing, the thing is, is that, you know, you know, when you look, when you add iPods and Playstations and television and Hollywood and videos and Internet, the child, the child is constantly pounded by storytelling that has no relevance to the real child's life because it's just other men and women forcing that child under their image power because it's all about images that the child has never created uniquely in their direct experience with nature. Now, going back to this blood learning, to, get to, to go to kingdom, to, 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 to return to paradise, if we do not comprehend the trauma in all its, in all its uh, nefarious forms, we will never be able to withdraw from the system because the system is just an order to the chaos of that trauma. See, we've been traumatized. And it all goes back to what I was saying when you're holding a, an innocent child in your arms because the magnificence of the child is already built in. But when we start telling the child by explaining, instructing, educating and suggesting anything to the child, we're telling them that they're no longer magnificent, that they're not capable of working things out in their unique original way. We're telling them to take doubt and uncertainty on, that they, they must become dependent on others to tell them who they are, how to think what life is, what that tree is, what that bird is, what that thing up there called the sun is, what life is all about. And we just pump, bombard the child. So the child and has then, never... And then we, then we question their self-worth, get them to... Exactly. By, by, by the grade that they got on that information. 
Because we've stolen exactly. them from them. We hijacked them and we destroyed them. And this is doubt and uncertainty. And the doubt and uncertainty is at the root of man's fallen state. We were not supposed to do this to children because that's sacred. And that sacredness that I've managed to see in the Ringing Cedars books, which is what deeply profound was for me, was that we are all sacred. Every man is sacred. And we're not supposed to desecrate man, which we do when we invade them with our storytelling and bombard them, which we do through the education system. Because it's, it, is, it is a prison state. It's a, it is a brainwashing world because the, the, the world that we call the system would not exist for us if those images were not put into our heads for us to think and feel them. Because we, we are the only ones who set thoughts into motion, So every thought being a picture. So we are creating everything because we're the only first party to the experience. We're creating everything. So... In a, kin in a kingdom with a mudroom, it's to become conscious of the effect of the storytelling upon us and learning how to withdraw from that so we do not bring it into a kindermain or into a kingdom so that, uh, that we are able to set free the children to come and us um, from no longer being underneath each other in a mad-made system. See, in, in trauma, it's about I own this piece of land. And if we claim that we own that piece of land, then we need a system to protect what we claim that we own. So that includes belief, faith, and associated opinion about anything that we're thinking. Because if we want to fight for that, we need a force to protect. So oh, I'm a Christian or you're a Jew, so I'm going to fight you because you are a threat to my, my history about me as a Christian. Because the child was not born a Christian. The child was brainwashed into becoming a Christian. The child was not born atheist or born punk rocker or, or born anything. The child was indoctrinated to become that. It's not natural. There's nothing natural and there's nothing unique and original for the child in any of this. So it's the doubt and uncertainty that, that compels us. And this is this word. We use these two words. One's E-motion, E-go. The intent behind the people to brainwash us causes this emotional ego. The ego is what is, are the, is the information that compels us to perform the fake lives under the name that we live in the system because the name on the birth certificate is not who we are. The name in everything that we do on the system, including even in the Skype chat with this language we're talking, is not our it's not who we are. We're compelled to perform this ABC over this internet Skype chat because it's all we know to communicate with each other. But how do you sense our intention? Because we can use these words, but if you don't sense our intention, then we are just, we're not even in on your radar. Now, you see, so this is the trouble with everyone in the system. Most people are not on the radar. When we say like that plant over there is a daffodil is yellow, the life form is not on the radar. It's the storytelling from another man who put those pictures in, in our head that's on the radar. You see, and so the whole of creation, the whole of earth is not on the radar, on our radar. It's other people who brainwashed us into that BS that all, are on the radar. And it's all coming back to that doubt and uncertainty because all this emotion that people have that, you know, rules our lives with so many people. It only comes from that doubt and uncertainty that we have about who we really are. And that's why so many of our relationships are, are formed upon need rather than upon the joy of that relationship with another person. And I mean, we can all see that's totally enforced by all the soppy love songs, you know, I need you and, and all this. It's like we've become 
because we're, we're not happy with who we are and we're not sure of who we are, that all our relationships have become about emotion and need and want and jealousy and, and all these things that tie in. And even with our children, there's so many mothers and fathers out there who they're feeling good about themselves depends upon how their children are behaving, you know, which again puts a massive pressure on our children, a massive responsibility. So this whole emotion that we bring into everything now that is nothing to do with unconditional love and nothing to do with all the virtues of love. It's got nothing to do with compassion and empathy and kindness, but it, it, it all comes from our doubt about us and our, our feelings of not being happy with who we are. You see, see, the emotion and ego is the program you put into a robot and then give the directives to performance tasks. The intent behind ABC123 are the invaders who conquered our tribes and gave them another purpose under their authority so they would have all the power and control. So they educate us to compel us to perform fake lives. So the emotion is what we set into motion that benefits their world. So they gave us the church and they gave us Jesus in the church. They gave us the holy books. They, they gave us all the history because they wrote all the books because no one else can read and write to record all the history books. And um, it goes on and on and on. So we are, every moment of our lives, we are compelled by a third party to do what we do in system lies under system thought because we're controlled by system thought. And it's the system thought that we've raised up as our God. Because yeah, we call it's those third-party interlopers. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and so unless we come to terms with this and realize this, we don't even know who we are because the system thought in us has been implanted in us since early childhood, and we don't hardly have any original thoughts, original dreams. So we need to be able to create a way out of this peacefully without creating more violence and creating more arguments and setting up more fires that distract us that we have to put out and, and do it without being invaded by the intelligence networks of these people because they have intel everywhere to penetrate those people, those groups, to undermine them from within and from without, because this is their greatest threat, because getting men to return to taking full responsibility for man's life is their greatest threat, because in the system, we're under limited responsibility, limited liability. We're all dependent on third parties for everything. So we're sucking on the nipples of the corporations where we go to the priest who is the intermediary between supposedly a God and man. And, and this goes through the Galactic Federation and beam me up Scotty and it goes through economic remedies where we, we need the government to rescue us from something. Look, there's no one to rescue us. We have never, the fact was we should have been left alone so that we were sacred and, 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 and not to be desecrated. And when you allow children to be raised like that under the, in the innocence of nature, and it's in nature where our true power is, that we don't have these problems anymore. It's all taken care of. We are so disconnected, so discombobulated. Our brains have been completely, utterly destroyed that uh, unless we can find a way through, which is what we're saying, we've worked a way through this. How? To transition back without desecrating men, without forcing men and women underneath each other, without having to be dependent on third-party system constructs anymore to get by with our lives. So what we're saying is, the system is a prosthetic of many prosthetics, and we do not need prosthetics. So, for example, the Skype chat, when we remember who we are, we can actually talk to each other through our breath 
We don't need Skype. We don't need telecommunications. We can do it through the water of our breath because that, that breath is where our consciousness is as well. So we, don't, we can actually even learn to shift our consciousness through the water of our breath. We don't need to have television and aeroplanes and motor cars and bikes. We can do this naturally. So everything that was naturally built into us as man that could do everything with nature and animals and horses and camels and giraffes and you name it, we've given all that up. Because see, well, I wouldn't say we've given it up. It's been stolen from us. Well, we, yeah, but it has. But we've given it up because yes. now we're dependent on we're dependent on the lie, yeah. the lie of what was put into us by a third party, and we're living for that. So we now have to go to nature to destroy mountains and valleys and forests to create dead things that can't walk, talk, think, feel, poo, we negotiate contract. There's no soul there. We've removed the soul out of everything that had a natural motion, had a natural purpose for the dream of life and replaced it with dead things that we call pieces of paper that we now have to mark and stamp and scribble on and move from desk to desk to desk to filing cabinet to, to hard drives where we have to hop in dead things called cars and motorbikes and trains and planes that can't do anything. We have to do everything. We're slaves to all these dead things. And we're in nature. Everything's taken care of. The horse takes responsibility for its purpose. We don't have to be a slave to the horse. We don't have to waste our life energy on concern about the horse. The horse takes full responsibility. You see, but with a motorbike, you can't do that. Or with a train or a plane, you can't do it. And the whole of the education system that forms system thought is dead. The whole world is dead. And this is why we're seeing... The, the destruction of the living dream because the consciousness of what makes us who we are has been forgotten to be replaced by fake consciousness, fake lies. So if I explain to you what freedom is, if I explain to you what consciousness is, that is not your freedom or your consciousness. That's just my ideas I'm putting in your head about a freedom and about a consciousness or about a God. It's not, it's, you don't, you've not formed, naturally created that in your unique direct experience with nature. Also, also, part of um, the problem with is, of course, is our health, which is why we need all these prosthetics. You know, if we weren't eating all the system junk food and and having all these system diseases and stuff, we wouldn't need nearly all of these prosthetics. But I think a lot of people find it really daunting to think, "Oh, give up all this stuff? Why?" When because they actually, you know, they haven't got their health. So they don't have the well, the reason we, it, all those things are so addictive. I mean, cooked yeah. food, for instance, so addictive. I mean, yeah. Well, that's why you know it's like when when someone finds it hard to get up and walk around too much, and and they get really tired. Of course, the idea of getting back to nature and growing lots of food and and all that and giving up a lot of these prosthetics is very alarming because they physically don't have the strength for it at the moment because their health has been so degraded by living in the system, not because only the food, but just the, the air that we're breathing, the water we're drinking, just about Because everywhere. we're slaves. Yeah. We are slaves because we're under the emotion, the compelling yeah. emotion of these programs that were intended by those who conquered our ancestors. You see, and see, we all come from these tribes that were conquered. And the thing is that the state of the, of the world that we're in today, this fake world, is a slave status. We're not meant to be a man. We're supposed to be a type of a man that they want us to be. So we can't be a man. We're a human, human being a shade or type of a man. We're like a shadow reflection of a man. That shadow, like, for example, uh, to, to go back to the mudroom and to heal, we have to recognize every thought that's been put into our heads by a third party who's explained something about anything to us. Right? We've got to be able to recognize these thoughts and remove them or at least 
recognize them for what they are so they don't influence us anymore. Because while we are unconscious of these effects on us, we will continue to be the robot, we'll continue wanting the, the, the slave system and we'll fight for it and we'll kill for it because that's all we think we are. Because underneath it is the fear of losing that because we think, my God, our emotional attachment to these things, oh, my God, if I let it go, what's going to become of my life? What's going to become of my children? What's going to become of the community? What's, oh my, I have to educate my children. I've got to put them through school because I've got to make sure that they're law-abiding because I don't want them to go to chaos. Yet the very approach of them thinking is the chaos that's creating all the problems in the first place. They don't see that the, that the destruction to the magnificence of man starts with us brainwashing our children. Yeah, so, and, that, and that's where it's led us into, into chaos, where there's no rule of law, there's no uh, do no harm. I mean, it's harm everywhere and it's harm from the system. I mean, it's I've got story after story in that. So, exactly. And that's the, that's the hard thing. It's like our lives are so full of harm in just about every area, you know, just about everything we're doing when we get up and get up and do everything we do is harm. And that that's sort of terrifying when you realise that because it's like, well, how do I stop all this? But that's also what's made us so immune to it. We really don't notice anymore. We, we don't notice when we put out the rubbish that... You know, that's just going to we we close our thoughts to the fact that that's just going to fill a large, great big yeah. hole in the ground and just be stinking and lying there. And and it, so therefore we get lazy. We don't go. No, hang on. How can I start living without without creating all this junk? Or you know, how can I think of other ways to use my life so I don't need to use the car so much? How all these sort of things that we have to do. And on the line of what Arthur was saying with the explaining and all that sort of stuff, one thing we work very hard to do is not have people just listen to us and accept what we say as as another sort of rescue as it we're always trying to say to people no look this is what we've come up with you go and think about it you work it out you work it through in your own brain in your own way because we don't want to become someone else's leader or Third mentor and we try very hard to say no you've got to think it through you've got to come to it yourself you know it not just go oh they say this therefore this is how i must live no you've got to come to you've it got yourself. to come from full responsibility yeah. see the thing is harm is the program of another man's intent running in us that's what harm is that's all harm is and the fact is that while another man is operating in our thinking because we've been hijacked, we've been we've we, we've been possessed by this demonology. We will do harm because we're not there. Because who we really are has been put out of the way. That's why we're unconscious. We're not mm -hmm. conscious. What the consciousness that is operating in us is, is another man's. It's not us. Because and that's a very important point. Consciousness. The, you know, with the, the whole new age thing, consciousness is such a buzzword these days, but so many people think they're conscious or refer to other people, oh, they're a really conscious woman. And all it means is that woman is buying biodegradable washing up liquid and talking about spiritual things. Whereas, in <laughs> fact, every second of her day, she's still causing harm of which she is refusing to take awareness. I mean, that's what it is. Awareness, consciousness is awareness. And if we are fully aware we would not be doing most of the things that we're doing, 99.99% of the things we're doing, because we would be aware of that harm and we would, our consciences would just say no. I mean, it's like someone coming from a pristine world somewhere and arriving here on earth, they, you know, they'd be totally and absolutely horrified. And yet we're so immune to it that we just gone as normal. And that's why we go, oh, I'm so conscious. And just because we're having, we think we're getting spiritual or something or use eating organic food. But, 
most people are still just madly doing harm all the time. See, to, to be aware, to be conscious, is to realize the third-party thoughts in our heads that are not uniquely created by us. That's all it is. We've got to, and this is what the mudroom is all about. And we have to withdraw from the compelling emotion of those programs that we've practiced for so long. Because in the system, you can have a world of people who dream for freedom, who dream for joy, who dream for abundance, who dream for for the goodness of all of us. And this is all through all the generations, not a generation who don't dream this. Yet nothing seems to change. Nothing ever changes because they have spent their lifetimes being practiced in the skill of slavery. They don't know any other way. So while today, all amongst us, we have people who talk about freedom, who talk about uh, peace and all that, they are practicing slavery. They go to the shops to get their food. They rely on the water coming from the government councils. They rely on the electricity that comes from the private corporations controlled by the Freemasonic world. Their education system, everything they know is provided to them. They are all under limited liability, limited responsibility because they are not aware. They are not conscious. They are lost in the fake representation, like little Mary representing Alice in Wonderland. Alice is not present with the presence of light. You can't sense Alice. You can't touch, taste, feel, smell, hear, see Alice. We can only touch, taste, feel, smell, see little Mary. See, Mary, little Mary, us, the living, the man, the first parties, we are present with the presence of life. But no matter how good she performs Alice in Wonderland, Alice will never, ever be present with the presence of life. So it's the same with the whole of the system. We are all possessed by Wonderland storytelling in our brains, all these system thoughts that have been explained to us, which is, again, the Adam, Eve, the apple, and the snake. We are lost under the power, the influence of the snake. And unless we wake up to this, we cannot be aware. If Unless we wake up to it, we will never be conscious. The consciousness that's been explained to us through the system is not our consciousness. We are unconscious. So this is the hijacking. This is how deep it goes. So the mudroom that leads us to kingdom is the deprogramming of all, all this compelling emotion when we get past all the fear, overcoming all the doubt and uncertainty. Because when we going back to the magnificence of the, of the sacredness of man as the children that we are before we were desecrated, it was the doubt and uncertainty through the suggestions put into our brains that has ruled us ever since. Because it, without the doubt and uncertainty about who we really are, we would not have fear. We would not have any destructive emotions going on around us. And we would not accept the lies of everything that have been pretended to us to be our consciousness, to be the truth, when all of it is fake and it's all and it's fraud. So the mudroom is to reconnect with that true. Uh, uh, sacredness of man and and when we do that we reconnect and it's no longer what's in it it's no longer about what's in it for me you know i've got this million dollars i'm going to bring it to kingdom oh what do i get for my million dollars in my in this kingdom what's my parcel you know when you go to a kingdom you don't have a million dollars when you come to kingdom you don't own anything you got nothing you're just a man like everyone else we're all equal we're all on the same playing field now so then it all comes down to 
Okay, well, everybody needs a piece of land to take responsibility for where they can be their own king and queen on that piece of land, where they can take responsibility for their lives, for the water, for the shelter, but still be part of a tribe and large community so that the children who run around are not going to be threatened by pedophiles or be threatened by by uh, scrupulous things going on in the system and we need the police force and we need government and we need all these things to protect us. And this is what the, the, the brilliant programming of the intelligence networks of the, of the system that we're under to infiltrate any good intentional groups who are living for this sort of dream, to break them down inside so that they keep defaulting their lives back to the system. No, we need the system. We need the government. We need some kind of authority because that's what the New World Order is all about. Because the New World Order really is just a system and other guys. It's the continuation of this enslavement of our ancestors passed down through the generations of descendants to keep it that way. So the tiny few have all the power to provide all the storytelling. There's, we have to break away from the system because the system is just the image power of another man who dreamt up a world for other men to be lost in it. It's that wonderland world. So um, unless we wake up to that, Patricia, unless we can come to this and face the trauma, face the emotion, face the, the agenda of this horror that these people have because they've murdered millions of children across the generations, and I mean blatantly tortured to create the craft and practice of their black magic, sure. which is behind the ABC123 and hieroglyphics. These are the instruments of man's des desecration. They are all abominations. They are designed to destroy us, and we are the ones who destroy us. No one protected us when we were so innocent to make sure that that sacred space, that sacred dreaming of the man that we were meant to be, um, would be protected so that this invasion of this this dark intent would not come upon us and, and we would fall into it. So we've got to not only find a navigate our way through, so like we're saying about our children, we don't want our children ostracized, we want to surround us. We want our children to embrace everyone around them. We want our children to know that, look, hey, we're all brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter whether you are a Jew, whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're an atheist, we recognize the goodness in you. We, re we recognize that you really truly do not like to do harm. It's just that you're compromised. And because you have well, to... So, well, some, people, some people do like to do harm. Very few. Yeah, but, the, yeah, yeah, but they're they're in power right now. Yeah, very few, but we don't get concerned about that. Okay, it's right. what well, we do. Okay, it's I got to take a quick break and let everybody know you're listening to Sacred Cow Barbecue. I'm your host Patricia Aiken, and I'm here talking with Fiona and Arthur Christian from Australia, and we're talking about Kingdom Living. And you're here on Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And I want to let you know you've got different ways that you can listen to uh, uh, Freedom Slips. Now you can listen here online, like. Some of you are doing, and we can listen on uh, Studio B line, which is you can call in at 716-748-0112 or on Studio A, 712-432-6958. So you can listen 24-7. Whoever's on, you, you can just tune in and hear. If you've got a long drive somewhere, bring your phone, turn it on, and here's some, uh, here's some concepts towards freedom. So uh, run over to Freedom Slips, make a donation there, buy some cool stuff, you know, get the archives, do do whatever you can to support what we do here at, at Revolution Radio. So I'm really pleased with my guests today, Arthur and, and Fiona. Uh, you're doing a great job. So let's, we're, um, we're come. you're not going to believe this, but we got about 15 minutes left. Tell us about Kingdom Living. What, what do you picture that as? Well, kin Kingdom Living is all about taking full responsibility for everything we think, feel, and do. 
being conscious uh, uh, to, to see that life is a gift on a do no harm path, which means that we've got to, we can't educate that into anyone. People got to come to that in their unique original way so that they realize that we don't need other people to tell us how to think and how to feel what is right and what is wrong. Because in the system, this is why we have judges and why we have politicians and why we have everything that explains to us about everything because there's an authority or an author to the storytelling that tells us this is what you've got to do. This is what you not must not do. This is where you've gone wrong, why you should be punished, da-da-da-da. In kingdom, all that's gone, gone, because you are no longer under another man anymore because you're not answerable to another man. You see, all men are supposed to be equal. No man is master of another man. But how does that be? How can that be? How is that? Well, unless we get past the chaos and get past the order to that chaos, which is what the system is all about and why they broke us down through the shattered reality of the ABC and provide us the order. Because if, if you look at the system today, but they're breaking down the current version of the system as it collapses and they're going to replace it with a new version. And so they're going to call it oneness uh, or galactic or cosmic uh, or God um, kind of uh, system where we honor this this new form of system where everyone gives up the cashless world we give up the private corporations and all that we we let this the, 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 we let the phoenix rise of a new awakening a contrived awakening where now everyone will be under a quota system um, still answerable to to these people because it is a federation like in Star Trek except that now instead of everyone working for money they will they will work for their lives no different to the slaves that were the commoners and serfs of the old days of land barons and landlords in 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 britain and all that going back pre modern western world civilization so that's what the new order is going to look like and that's because everyone was conditioned into entering it because they were brainwashed um, well, I say that the new the new world order and the new age are inextricably linked in my mind. Exactly, yes, they're all connected. But it is an educated reality, right? It's not a natural one. It's 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 an educated one where the the Pied Pipers are the master storytellers leading the rats, all the slaves into it, because without the explanation, instruction, education, suggestion of the of these liars out there who are leading out front of the of the alternative freedom truth movements and all that, because it is freemasonically controlled on all sides, mm -hmm. it is these people, many of them, and you'll know all the names because it's all listed in all our work. They are preparing everyone to enter the new world order. And there will be a culling process so that probably only half a billion of man across Earth will remain. And the, and, the, and, the, and the continuation of the system and another guys will continue rolling on. So kingdom is avoiding all this, bypassing all this, recognizing that every man is unique and original and sacred. And it means that each man who comes to kingdom comes taking full responsibility, no longer under limited responsibility, meaning you don't go to a judge, you don't go to a police officer, well, you don't go to... Well, do no military. harm means. I mean, you have to be responsible to yourself. Exactly, and, and not to harm another man and to come to the table uh, to, 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 with the generosity to work together so there's a win-win situation where no one gets harmed and that the community, the tribe, the family, the earth, the nature is the winner. And if you're thinking about, you know, 
people, I think a lot of people think, oh, great, they have this lovely vision of, yes, wouldn't it be all lovely to live in community and to live in these sort of places? But what we don't realize is that we've spent nearly our whole lives practicing how to live in the system. So what we have to do, that's why it's not easy to start living a do no harm life is a gift way because it goes against everything we've been taught. So that's what our vision of the mudroom is where we have to come together and we have to start practicing these skills. And this is what we all say to everyone we talk to, even though we're not all together yet, we've got to start trying to practice these skills, practice growing our own food, which is, again, is a lot easier when you're eating raw and things like that. You don't need a lot of the things that um, other some people think they need to eat. Practicing learning learning how can we do without all these system prosthetics and still have wonderful joyful abundant lives it doesn't mean we have to be you know hoveling living in a dark hovel or something but learning all these yeah exactly learning all these things that to wean our bodies off the system get strong i mean here we it gets quite cold here in winter. I don't know whereabouts you are in the States, but we don't get a lot of snow and stuff, but it, we get frost. You know, it's in the minus two, minus three in the morning sometimes. And yet our family has pretty much lived without heating for the past five or six years, mainly because, well, we only had a gas heating thing. I don't like the fumes and the children would bicker over the gas stove and, and we just turned it off. And you know what? We're okay. We survived quite well. And to be honest, now when I walk into a really heated house in oh. winter, I feel like, oh, you know, it's just, it's even though it might feel lovely at first, it just fogs your brain up and things. So we just put on a few extra clothes, you know, and if you're sitting down reading a book, put a blanket over your lap. And yeah. it's, and our body, and I find the more I'm doing this, the, the more my body, like even as we've got winter coming on now, I'm doing better every year with the cold, feeling the cold less. Yeah, I, I, had, a fr- I had a friend that, um, I actually knew two men that refused to wear winter winter jackets and things yeah. like that, and they just acclimated themselves. And winter here in Vegas is is cool, but in Boston it's yeah brutal. Cold. And and they would do that there, and it was just amazing because I'd be like shivering looking at him, but they just said, "No, you just got to relax, and your body adjusts to it." So exactly. There's a quite a man in Russia that was quite famous for doing that. You know, the middle of winter, and he'd be out there in shorts and a singlet, and he did that for years and years. Very strong, very healthy, lived many, many years. Well, our know? youngest one's doing it too. Yeah. Our youngest one's running around with shorts and t-shirt in the middle of winter, even bare feet, and doesn't even know cold. And we're the ones who've had to learn to not open our mouths and say anything, go and rug up. And it's been it's been very hard for me because my mother kept coming through what she did to me, and so they're having to deprogram from this so we don't pass it on to the kids. Yeah, and sometimes she realizes she's crazy. Yeah, sometimes she yeah. realizes she's freezing and she goes, I'm freezing, goes we, and puts clothes on. We, but, we, you know, she's learning to trust her own we, body. We, we teach, we instruct our children to sickness. That's what we do. We we instruct our children to slavery. We instruct everything. We are the ones causing everything. And and it's uh, it's once we learn to take responsibility, then we have to practice freedom because in the system, everyone's practiced. They're skilled in being slaves. And uh, to, to, to break away from that, we have to practice living freedom. And that's what kingdoms are all about. Who's prepared to walk the talk? Who's prepared to do the hard miles to break away from this? And to para- give up the things they love about the system, because that is the hardest bit. There's lots of lovely things about the system that we all enjoy. Oh, but shame. unfortunately, you cannot have. You cannot give up the bad bits of the system and keep the good bits. You've got to it. give it all up. So, And that is one of the biggest stumbling block with the me, 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 I, I, I thing that we've all grown up with. It's that 
am I prepared to give up those creature comforts or that that selfish, oh, but I just want to go and have fun. I just want to go ride my skateboard. I just want to, you know, is anyone who's prepared to actually give that stuff up so we can start the healing process of man, earth, nature, everything. And it, and it's, you see, this is, for us, the start of kingdom is, is all about this healing of earth and really we shouldn't be going to the pristine forests and starting kingdoms there. We need to be starting kingdoms in the land that's been devastated by agriculture and animal husbandry. That's where we need to be starting it because, I mean, there's so much evidence out there of now they're learning to regreen the desert in Jordan. There's places of China. They've totally transformed from barren land that it got that way because of overuse in agriculture, over oh, animal Look at Albania. They turn, they turn the desert into a... I mean, it's a tourist attraction now. I mean, it's so beautiful, yeah. farmland, rich farmland. Yeah, we can do that everywhere. And this is the land we should actually be starting kingdom on. So we start planting thousands of trees, which brings in the shade for plants, which brings in the water, keeps the water there. And, and this is what we need to be doing to start up. But it does take a lot of sacrifice in terms of you've got to be prepared to give yeah. up the me, me, me. You've got to be prepared to give up the creature comforts of the system. And hey, so what if you rough it a bit? You know, it really, it actually makes you much healthier and you'll live a lot longer if you rough it a bit than if you live in all your system comfort. See, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this call because they're calling for the third time and maybe they'll come into the system. I'm not sure what line they're calling on. So I'm going to take this call from Hawaii and see. It may disconnect us for a second. Hello. Okay, there you go. You're back. Yeah, we're back. Okay, very what, good. What we're trying to say is that nature is the only intermediary between us. Another man should never, ever be the intermediary between us. We were never meant to be brought up by another man. Originally, it was nature, the animals that raised us. Because the, it was animals that took us to the journeys through the dream of life, and that we climbed the mountains and journeyed the rivers and did all the things we did as children. Our parents... Uh, were the caretakers, the custodians of the sacredness of man to make sure that the, the, the sacred of man was always protected as it's naturally built in. It's that unconditional love that we are, that we, that we, uh, makes us the custodians and caretakers and stewards and nurturers of the dream of life of man. Because the dream of life really is the dream of man's life. And the, the whole of the dream of creation is man's dreaming for the dream of life, for the dream of man. So, but to me, to me, to me, right now, Arthur, we're living in the the nightmare of life. Yeah, yeah because Absolutely. we're exactly because we're fallen into the storytelling of another man. Mm -hmm. Another man has become the intermediary, the the uh, the, the the third party imposter. So we now need to learn to reconnect with nature. And it's through, we're experiencing with young people who come to stay here, overcoming suicide and very dark, dark, demonic places. And it's very easy to heal when they learn to connect with nature and work in the garden and learn to grow in the food forest. And they learn to start rethinking living thoughts that they start creating. And they learn to recognize all those dark, demonic thoughts that come up in their heads and, and learning to see them, not to react anymore to them, just to see them for what they are but no longer be compelled by them and then say, okay, I'm ignoring you now. I'm going back to what I'm doing, creating what I'm doing in present sense, in the present reality with the plants, with the trees, with the, with the animals and working with that. And that's yeah. how they heal. Well, you know, we're coming that's up, we're coming up on, on, on the end of the show. You folks are going to have to come back and continue this conversation. But I want to, when we talked a, a few weeks ago, Arthur, you talked about sense and nonsense. Would you, would you wrap us up with, with that discussion? 
Well, sense, the senses where you touch, taste, feel, smell, hear, see what you are observing, and that forms your your reality, your true reality, because you're you're directly experiencing the butterfly. You're directly experiencing, and everything of the information of the purpose of the butterfly is being shared with you. You can sense that. The nonsense is when another man explains to you about the butterfly. And now the storytelling of that explanation is what's bouncing in between your ears, and that's that hypnosis, like the the, the hypnosis with the watch, you know, in front of your eyes, you know, watching it go left to right. You're going to go now under my spell, you know. You haven't had any first party sense of what. There's no first party exactly. There's no direct experience. There's no direct experience with the dream of life. You're now under the influence of third party storytelling. That is nonsense. You can't sense yellow. You can't sense daffodil. You can't sense the scientific explanation. You can only sense the life form itself. And if you think in a practical sense, we've, you know, our intuition, which is our sense, obviously, we've all had experiences when we've met someone and perhaps they're giving us the show of all, yes, bright and happy and everything's wonderful, and yet we can sense underneath that sadness or unhappiness or whatever you know that the what they're trying to put in their heads our heads about them is that everything's fine and wonderful because that's what we're taught you know we've all got to put on this wonderful face that life is dandy and against what we're actually sensing from that person which is the truth about how they're really feeling see sense sense is consciousness it's our consciousness no one can explain or educate us that consciousness the nonsense is that fake version of explanation about a consciousness or about a freedom. Nonsense is harm. Nonsense is unconsciousness. Nonsense is anti-life, anti-our real life. Uh, nonsense is the desecration to the sacredness of who we really are. And the sense is that sacredness. That sense is our true consciousness. No other man can tell us what that is. Because we're all supposed to be unique and original. Oh, but, but that's but that's exactly what they live to do. I mean, look at NASA, you know, telling us that we're on this spinning globe going, you know, millions of miles an hour around well, the earth, you know. And, exactly. And, 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 our and, senses and, say exactly the opposite. Exactly. And the, But the thing is, we've got to be very clever here to watch out, even though all these awakenings are happening, we need to be practicing all our skills to pull out of the system. So while... Oops. Oops, we got a break. This happened before. I'm going to be patient. They're talking to us all the way from Skype in Australia, so we'll be patient. I'll give everybody an update uh, for a moment. Uh, Daniel Smith, unfortunately, the judge has turned down uh, his continuance, uh, as she said she would, even though he has an attorney that says that not ready to go to trial, but uh, they're doing that what they usually do. So uh, and so they'll be starting the trial on Monday. So I. Highly um, encourage you to go over to standbydaniel.com and uh, send some encouragement that way. Standbydaniel.com. If he's, yeah. if he's, in the, if he's Patricia, if he's in the system and the law, he's already gone and lost. You won't win. Uh, it, it's a it's a long long story, and he's been my guest before, so it's it's a very know, interesting but story. They're in the wrong place. They're in the wrong domain. Uh, well, they, they they know that, but there's uh there's this well the it, that's a conversation for we don't have time to to go into that today, so. Anyway, um, Arthur and Fiona, I so uh, appreciate it. I don't know what happened with our connection there. You, 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 um, go ahead, go ahead and wrap it up. We should be hearing the music here in just a minute. And if we're not, I'm going to let go of the server so the next uh, show can take over because we've had little server issues here lately since the lightning struck. So. Oh, okay. Well, well I don't know where we. Well, I was, what we're saying was that sense is direct experience with nature. Sense is our true consciousness. Sense is. Um, 
is that sacredness that makes us who we really are, which no one else can tell us what that is. It's something we uniquely create through the direct experience. The nonsense is the explained education. That nonsense is the unconsciousness. It's the harm. All Everything that's nonsense is what makes the system be what it is. And it's what we've got to walk away from. You see, going back to this, Daniel, I don't know anything about the story. That's nonsense. When you're in their courts, you're lost in nonsense. When you're dealing with a judge, you're lost in nonsense. When you're dealing in their world looking for, for a remedy, you're lost in nonsense. You, there's, no, there's no remedy there. You'll never find remedy there because all you've got is the system before, during, and after. You can go and get a mini-slave victory, but there's no victory because everyone still remains as slaves. The, the, the true victory is when the people withdraw from this, when the people come together and withdraw from the whole of the system and say goodbye to it and take full responsibility for their lives. You know, the, the, the money is nonsense. The Constitution is nonsense. Democracy is nonsense. The founding fathers that formed America is nonsense. The founding well, fathers... Well, you know, we're gonna, we're, people are going to have words about that. So uh, that's... that's and, they, and they have no idea because they're lost in the brainwashing of this thing. This is gonna. This is the pain that everyone's gonna have to go through to come out of it. Because if we do not wake up to this stuff, we will continue giving our power away to others who rule us. Because we need other people to give us the authority. Well, we're gonna, uh, Arthur. I'm, I'm afraid we're out of time. This again. It, this flew by. So, Arthur and Fiona, thank you so much. Savory Cow Barbecue signing off. But to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. Pleasure. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.